Jesus and to make him known. Why don't you open your Bibles with me to page 1033. I'm going to use a Bible right off the pew. One thousand thirty-three. Before we get there, I just want to—it's a really powerful concept where I'm, I'm going this morning because um, uh, it all began last week and even before that when my life kind of went when I was struggling with with the loss of my son. Heather and I lost our son Judah to a growth on his lung. Uh, he he was born uh, two months premature and he passed away, and now he's with Jesus. But this really caused me to kind of rethink the Lord. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to understand concepts. It's another thing to really experience him as a, as a person. Um, and, and that's really, um, it, it was through a, a desert season of my life is when I decided the two things that I was going to talk about on last Sunday and this, this Sunday. Um, and the first thing was, was just really... Um, how can I be sure of my security in him? How, how can I know that, you know, that he is, you know, he, he is who he says he is? How can I, how can I be confident of that? And, and today, I'm, I'm going to be talking about how true love won't remain silent. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become sons and daughters, to become children of God all who believed in him and accepted him. Last week, we, uh, a great multitude, 5,000 individuals plus, came up to Jesus and they, they asked him and they said, what is, what is the work of God? And Jesus says, this is the work of God, to believe in the one that he, the Father, has sent. He was referring to himself as Jesus. He says, and, and the, the problem that we have, though, that we were trying to tackle last week is what is belief? I mean, the demons believe probably on a deeper level than we do in the sense of the concept that he exists, that he really is and what he does. The demons, the demons believe, so that's not what Jesus meant. Last week we clarified that belief really is an intimate moment that we, that an intimate moment and moments that we have with Jesus and then the actions that come out of those moments. It's, it's obedience to those moments. It's doing things based on that intimacy. See, so many times we try to get it backwards. We try to, you know, we come to a, a great event, a youth convention, we go to, you know, any men and women's com- conference, whatever, and we get fired up for God, and we, and we come, even, even into this morning, we're, we're fired up, we want to do something, but the problem is so, so many times we're just so quick to do the doing, and there's no intimacy. But see, there's nothing that we do in the planet that has any fruit if we don't have time with him, intimacy, Knowing him. And intimacy for an unbeliever is simply saying, Jesus, I don't know who you are. I want to know who you are. Help me to know who you are. That's intimacy. It's just getting real with the heart of the Father. But we have to start somewhere and we have to go somewhere. We have to grow. Just like a relationship with you. I, there's some of you I don't know as good as others, but the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm developing my relationship with, I'm, I, I love how, how when, I, when I see you, I see Jesus because there's so much personality. You know what I mean? For me, there's people in this room that maybe you don't fully jibe with my personality style, my, 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 even my funny side, my serious side, whatever. But, but there's, there's a Jesus side of me that, that unites us. And that's the side, when I, when I see all of you, I'm like, I'm pleased. I'm so happy that, wow, God, you, 
you're, you're brilliant, or God, you're, you're funny, you know, or, or God, you're helpful, or God, you're kind. You know, you're constantly seeing different elements of God through his sons and daughters, because the sons and daughters often replicate what the parents are like. So, you know, this idea, true love won't stay silent. You know, the, the enemy of the American church, the American church, is primarily not persecution. In a lot of parts of the world, it is. And it, it, it ties in with this message, but the enemy of the American church is really silence. Silence. Jesus uh, got into a boat with his disciples, crossed a lake, and he said the words, silence, be still. He wasn't talking to the disciples. He was talking to the storm. And a lot of times we take what Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 as our commission, silence, church, be still. God is saying the complete opposite. True love won't stay silent. We've all experienced true love. If you're a believer in Christ, you've experienced what it's like to have real life inside of you. Forgiveness, hope, future. He is is constantly pouring out his love on us. True love cannot stay silent. So last week we really talked about how do you believe? Intimacy, action. They're coupled. They go together. You 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 can't believe in him if there's no action. I believe in God. Yeah, you, you know he exists, but there has to be action. God, in that intimate moment, Jesus might be saying, hey, I need you to go wash your neighbor's car so that Jesus can be made famous in his life. You may, might be like, logically, that's where it gets us in trouble. We can be like, oh, this is ridiculous. That's just me. Uh, Satan never tempts us to go do something, make Jesus famous, ever. And so when those thoughts come, follow those thoughts, because in that intimate moment, Jesus wants to give us practical ways how we can reach our communities. And it looks different for everyone. I mean, obviously, some of us might live in the country. We don't have neighbors. You know, some of us might live in town. Maybe we work in a hospital. We work in a a store. Some of us, you know, we do a million different things, but we gotta make Jesus famous. We can't stay silent about what we know. Silence, what is silence? Silence is not speaking up and living out the gospel message publicly. Confession, constantly. People see you. They don't see you, they see Jesus, constantly. That's what, uh, that's what we have to do. True love won't stay silent. When we are silent, people see us and, and nothing more. Uh, that's John, that's just his personality. They, I want people to see Jesus everywhere I go. And the, the thing is, is it's, a, it's a great concept, but we have to actually live it out. And it only comes from that intimate place with Jesus. Everything that I say today really comes from intimacy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us the, the question that we're, we're discussing and tackling today is how do we break the silence? Because it requires action. But let me, let me overemphasize this. We cannot, we cannot break the silence without that intimate place with God. We cannot. It's impossible. We cannot change the world unless we are encountering the living Jesus Christ and manifesting him, knowing him so well. You know, I, I said this last week. So many of you could speak up. I'd turn around and so many of you could speak up and I could maybe call some of your names out. But if Father, if our Father, the one who unites all of us, spoke up, would I recognize his voice or would I see him as a stranger? That's what I'm talking about. We have to be so in tune with him. So 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. We've got we to gotta discuss what love truly is. 1 John 4, 9 through 11. Verse 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Romans 5.8, it says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, that's true love. It's, 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 it's not, a, it's not a, a first crush that you had in high school. That's not what true love is. It's not a nice romantic evening. It's not a bouquet of flowers. Those are nice, but that's not true love. True love is a good father who recognized the need of children that were incapable of getting out of the situation we've gotten ourselves in, and he himself coming into our, our situation, taking full responsibility. The thing with Jesus is Jesus was never, Jesus didn't come and die on a cross, and, and, God, and, and God like looked at him and said, oh, it's my son, but I gotta, you know, I gotta do what I gotta do and, and kill him. God looked at Jesus as us, and he said, I'm legally declaring you guilty, and I'm gonna treat you as guilty. And that's why he had to die a horrific death because that's what we deserved, but now we don't have to because he demonstrates his great love for us in this while we were still sinners, while we were still swearing, cursing, when we were still blaspheming, uh, committing adultery, gossiping, stealing, lying, constantly working in the shadows. When we were still doing all that, Jesus said, I don't care, I'm still going after them and I'm gonna use my, my family to do it. We can't stay silent, true love, cannot stay silent. So again, if, you know, it's one thing for God to say, I love you. It's a whole nother ball game when he says, I'm gonna send my family in your aid and I'm gonna give them what you were supposed to get. See, God demonstrated his love to us. True love won't stay silent. So the question that we're, we, we're gonna start tackling comes out of the intimate place is how do we break the silence? First thing is really our stories. There was this kid just over here. Um, he, uh, we were out just kind of walking around, and this kid riding his bicycle, and his uh, name was uh, Matthew, and he was riding his bicycle, and his, his chain popped off. He was probably about 23 years old or so. Riding his bike, and his chain popped off, and uh, I just, I'm just hearing expletives and swearing and craziness. But, and, he, and I don't know if he has a father. I don't know anything about him other than that he didn't know how to put it back on. So I went over there, flipped the bike over, and, you know, you start with the back spoke, you know, the back gear, and then you kind of just work it on. Anyone know how to put on a chain on a bike? Pretty simple, but he had no clue. And so I did, and anyway, I, and I, started, I started shifting towards God. I just started like, man... So who are, you know, what's your name? What, this is my name. And, and we be, began to exchange stories. And, and Matthew was the kind of individual who really, um, he, he ha, he's had a really rough background. Uh, drugs, alcohol, just, and, and addicted. He's so, he's going through so many different programs. And, and I remember just stopping in my tracks and, and being able to, just, and I, um, the, the, the intimidated John would be like, whoa, this guy, and he knows what, a hard life is like. I mean, me, I grew up in the church. I just, I mean, what did I struggle with? But instead, I, I said, Jesus, make yourself famous. I can't stay silent. So I began to share what Jesus has done in my life. He set me free of addiction. I told him, man, Jesus set me free of addictions too. Different addictions, but I understand addictions. You can't get out of them. You try everything you can, but you can't get out of them. Jesus, I told him, Jesus came into my life. He set me free. 
Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to rehearse, you know, as I'm speaking to him, you know, I'm, you know, we're not fully making eye contact, but I bring my eyes back up to him and he's looking at me so intently and tears are just flowing down his eyes. And he's just so impacted, like, wow, there's someone else out there that can relate with me. That can, man, there's, and so I got to pray with him right then and there. I was with someone else and we were praying for him and, and God is so, so faithful through our stories. Our stories are meant to be heard. Don't, don't, don't think that they're not. They're meant to be heard. God has a way of using those ashes that we have all gone through and making a beautiful masterpiece. Mark chapter 1, verse 5. Let's turn there. Mark chapter 1, verse 5. I'm trying to use a NLT today um, so that uh, you guys can read it right outside of the, the Pew Bibles. Mark chapter 5, 1 through 5 says, So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with the chain. Whenever he, went, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from the wrists and, and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered around the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. This, this man clearly um, under the influence of, of demons um when we know this the rest of the story jesus comes he, he gets off the boat he comes walking up the shore this man sees jesus in the distance runs up to him and bows low before the son of god and he says you know don't torture me whoa what's what's going on here and and jesus is already telling the the, the, the man the demons to come out of him and he's like and he's and the demons are asking for permission well can you can you send us i mean don't torture us now can you send us in into the pigs and, and, and Jesus said, well, what's, what's your name? And the demon responds, we're actually, we're legion because we're, there's many demons inside of him. It was his resting place. And a legion back in this day was anywhere between 6,000 troops. Uh, you know, a legion of, of um, Romans would be about 6,000 troops. So imagine, and in, in, in this story, there's 3,000 pigs. So imagine what we would look like with 3,000 demons inside of us. And this man, this is, this is the situation that Jesus stumbles across. This man's 3,000 demons inside of him, and he says, no, I'm going to reach out. Love can't stay silent ever, because I love this man. Go into the pigs. Pig, we know the story. Demons flee, go into the pigs. They run down the cliff. They drown. Now, I mean, first of all, it's crazy that humans put this guy in chains and send him out into a graveyard. That's bizarre to me. But, okay, whatever to that. And so, so he's in chains, he's miserable, and all of a sudden, the Savior of the world walks by this man, saves him radically. He's delivered from a, a crazy amount of, of influence, demonic influence. It says that he was cutting, he had physical bondage, he was in literal chains. And Jesus comes by and sets this man free. And now the, the people in the village, are they're scared of Jesus. Whoa, this guy has authority. This guy has power. 
and he's demonstrating it clearly. We have done everything we can to subdue this guy, and, and he breaks out somehow. I mean, this guy, I mean, chains. I mean, who's breaking out of chains? No one. Chains. This guy's just... I mean, this community didn't love this guy at all. But Jesus stopped, looked at him, and said, be free. Proves that Jesus loved this man's true love. But that's not what we're focusing on. What we're focusing on is what happens after. So let's turn to uh, just, just a few verses down, verse 18. Right after they, they said, please leave, let's start in 17. It says, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Man, we don't want to have anything to do with this. This is crazy. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with them. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off with the ten towns of the region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. Our stories matter. Our stories, uh, Jesus did not pay that high price of, a, of a, his own son for us to remain silent about what he's done in us. Oftentimes, uh, the, the enemy's tactic that I've seen uh, in the church, I've been in the church for quite a few years, faked it for part of it, but it got real when I turned about 17 years old. But what I've seen in that span is that, that there are those of you and me who, who have had a, had a, we grew up in the church, um, you know, we never really, we're not cutting, we're not going around uh, with this demon-possessed man. We're not influenced by, I mean, we're, demons aren't, 3,000 demons aren't living inside of us. Uh, we're not chained to a wall, you know, dealing with all this just battle of the mind stuff. Maybe we didn't do that. And so naturally what the enemy comes by and he says, he says, he says this to a lot of believers, he says, your story isn't important and who cares about your story? It's so, I mean, you didn't, God didn't save you from anything. Just, it's just your story. It's not nothing big. That's what I believe for a lot of my life. Um, but then I, I realized, you know, the, the passage where Jesus says, you know, he who is forgiven much loves much. You know, we're all forgiven in, in a way equally. I mean, it's either we're, we've taken care of our sin or we haven't. But what that passage really means is he who really is aware of how much they've been forgiven loves much. And I realized, man, when I, turned, when I was 17, I realized, wow, even though I was doing things that didn't affect other people, it affected my relationship with him. And one sin, the Bible says that if we've broken one of God's laws, we've broken them all, and he sees us as guilty. And, you know, that, for me, that, that, that um, I was thankful for the moment that I realized, wow, God, thank you. Thank you that I, I, I recognize how much you've forgiven me. And, and just like that song we sang, we'll never fully know how much it costs to see our sin on the cross. We'll, we'll never fully know, but he reveals it to us. Thank you, Jesus, for revealing it to us. On the flip side, there are those of us who have grew up like this man. I mean, just we have seen everything. We have done everything. We've been heavily involved in every sort of immorality you can think of. And what Satan comes and whispers to you is, you tell your story, you're going to get in trouble. You tell your story, people are going to think different about you. You tell your story and, you know, oh, man, that, you know, even God might become aware of some of the things you did. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's what Satan does. He tells those who have had a perfect life, perfect, a perfect life that, you know, they have nothing to testify about, and those who have had a rough life, you better keep your mouth shut. Isn't it interesting how Satan uses a tactic that we're supposed to do for good? True love won't stay silent. If you want to break the silence, share your, 
share what Jesus has done in your life. Don't preach it. It's easy to preach. Just go up something. Hey, I need to tell you something right now. If you don't listen, go into hell. No, but make it. We talk about what we enjoy. We talk about the things that matter to us. And there is no greater thing that happened to you if you're a believer than the moment that you believed. Because your DNA, everything changed. It went from sinful, utterly the enemy of God to I see you as my cute little precious son or daughter. Everything I have is yours now. The DNA switched the moment we believed. Second thing, how do we break the silence? Uh, uh, this one, the, the, the way we break the silence is, is God's power. God's power. We have to break the silence with God's power. Now, it, it can seem kind of vague, but what I'm talking about is working the miraculous, working the supernatural. And so here, here's what I'm, this is what I'm saying. Hundreds of years before Jesus even walked the planet, there were individuals called prophets, and Jesus would speak to these individuals on behalf of the region. And one of the prophets was Joel. He spoke of a time coming where, where the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God would live inside of us and empower us to be his witness to all the world. And, and that's exciting for those who want to make Jesus famous. It's like, like the people of the Gerasenes. It's kind of like, well, I don't, uh, I'm kind of scared of this. I don't really like it. It's, it's kind of something else. It's kind of like the people of the Gerasenes who are like, man, I don't, I don't know if I, I want to be involved in all that. Can, can you just, let, let's just, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Bible. That's good enough for me. No, but the thing is, God wants to empower us with his Holy Spirit. As a church, this morning, we were, we were witnessing uh, tongues of, of, of um, heavenly tongues. We believe that God wants to speak through us, and sometimes that comes up through our heavenly languages. And basically, without using much logic, what that is, is that God influences us to let out words that we're not aware of. If you want more information on this, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, read it, study it. Don't look to anyone else. You read it first. You come up with a concept of, what does this mean? But I want to share with you something. Um, there was this kid. There's, I guess, let me, let me back up. So in those, in those chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, there are different gifts. There's healings. There's there's miracles, there's um, tongues, there's prophecy, there's all these different gifts, and all of them are to point to Jesus. They're all to point and, and prove that Jesus' resurrection power lives within us and that we are activated, we are sons and daughters, and this is the proof of it. Okay, it's not, it's not to exalt me, it's, not, it's just faith. And how many, how many of us know that silence is the enemy of truth and faith, or in logic, is the enemy of, of faith? I mean, not that you can't have logic, but oftentimes logic, if you, if you have to have a reason, if you have to have a reason to believe in the gifts of the Spirit, chances are you will never get past the threshold of being activated, manifesting Jesus, and using these spirits. That's, I say that because that's who I was. I had to have a reason. Tell me how it works. I have to have a reason. And the reality is, Jesus just said, you have to have faith. You have to become like a child. So Jesus Make, make yourself known, Lord. Holy Spirit, just give us more faith right now to believe. In Jesus' name, God. I was in Rapid City, uh, not last New Year's, but the year, New Year's before, helping my brother with a youth event, being a chaperone. And uh, uh, Some of the students in Rapid City, uh, they were celebrating New Year's and giving glory to God. But there was one student, very disruptive, sat in the far back. In fact, when I first saw him, he was out in the foyer and he, he was literally, he had his phone and he threw his phone down and it shattered. He was yelling at his mom, come get me, shattered. I mean, this kid was not doing well. And uh, 
And uh, I, throughout the night, I was just like, man, my heart breaks for kids like that because naturally you're just like, Jesus, man, true love won't stay silent. I've got I to gotta bring kingdom into this situation. And, but I had nothing. I talked to him about, yeah, I know that. Uh, you know, what about, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, uh, I go to church. Think about this, yeah, okay. Very just turned off to the things of God, very much so. With service time, the kid sat in the far back. He kept laying down. Jacket off, trying to lay down, fall asleep. You know, it's getting late, but the kid, you know, should know better. He's a teenager. <laughs> so don't fall asleep on me, guys. So he's laying down in the far back row, and um, I just said, I just remember sitting down, kind of heavy-hearted. I'm just thinking, Lord, I want to reach your son. I want to reach this this son, but I have no, I have nothing. So it's either you have to give me something for him, and, and I, I ask God. Give me a gift to reach this, this, this kid. I, I, you know, the, the word talks about how we need to continue asking for the gifts that we can make Jesus known you know, in, in every situation. You don't just get the gift of healing and you're good for the rest of your life. You might tend to believe easier for the gift of healing than say, the word of knowledge or miracles or anything else, but, but we don't just get one and I got the badge. No, I'm the healer, you're the prophet, you're the, it's, it's Jesus, manifest yourself in me, give me the belief I need. To, to manifest your, your kingdom business. And so I'm sitting there, and, I, and literally, I, it's just, you got to take me at my word. I sat there, and all of a sudden, every Sarah that I ever knew just started flashing through my mind. Remember those, like, toys that kids get? There's, like, the That's how it was for me. I've seen lots of different Sarahs that I've known all the way from my childhood till present. Sarah. I'm like, okay. Naturally thinking, logically beginning the process. Well, that's just me. What am I thinking about Sarah for? Whatever. And so the night went on, and just as the ball was dropping, we, we, we tuned in, watched the ball drop. New Year's, ah. I just felt like, I, I told God, Lord, yeah, I believe that your word is true, but you've got to help me with my unbelief because I've got I to gotta stop just needing a reason. You have to help me with my unbelief. And so he's like, well, I've given you something. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if you're right, man, you can change the world. And so I, I said, all right. I went over to the kid. The kid, by this time, the Holy Spirit had gotten a hold of his heart from the back row, the only one in the back. Uh, he had come to the altar, and he's on his knees responding to salvation. And I go up to him, and I just tap him on the shoulder. And I said, is your mom's name Sarah? And he goes, yeah. And the, the situation right now at home is terrible. It's, and so I got to literally, I mean, that's what broke him. He, I mean, he's crying now. He's talking about mom. He's talking about dad. The situation was horrendous. In fact, his dad came in that night, grabbed him from the altar, and dragged him out. So that's the situation he was. But here's the thing. If I would have just stayed silent, I mean, maybe the kid would have, his situation hasn't changed at all. But you know what it did for me? It increased my faith. And up to this moment, God has been faithful. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt, he downloaded that thought. I wasn't thinking about it. It was just that God led, boom. And so I said it, and boom. Kingdom business. True love can't stay silent. Let's turn to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read a little bit of uh, a little bit of passage here. Acts chapter 3. on page... 907, Acts chapter 3, 1 through 11. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate. 
the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going to the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently and said, and, said, um, and Peter said, look at us. The, man, the layman looked up and at, at them eagerly and expecting some money, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the layman by the right hand and helped him up, and he said, the, he said um, the, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with him. All the people um, saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so, uh, um, so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the, man's, um, where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. A full-grown man, he's just like, these guys are mine, I'm going with them. <laughs> you know, the last part, it's funny how, how this layman is holding tightly to Peter and John. What if Peter and John would have remained silent? You know, that man would have died lame. But he died, and he had been a son. He encountered Jesus Christ. The, the power manifested through him. And we can't stay silent. We have to, we have to do something. There was once a pastor, I know, uh, heard a story about a pastor who wanted to reconstruct the sanctuary. He wanted to help reconstruct the sanctuary and so this construction team came in. Unfortunately, the pastor did not have any, um, any uh, carpentry skills whatsoever, but he so desperately, like, I'm gonna be here. I wanna, like, invest into this. Is there anything I can do? So the construction team looked at him, and he says, well, tell you what, I got 100 boards right here. Can you cut them all even to six foot? Pastor said, simple enough. He did, however, know how to use a tape measure. So that, that's, that was good. So he puts the tape on the other end, slides it out to six feet exactly, puts a little mark, puts it on the saw, chops it, boom, six foot, perfect, right? He takes that board, slides the new board up, and he sets that board on top of the second board, puts a line, chop, and he did this process, took the second board, put the third board up, put it on, line, chop. Now, for the first couple boards, there was no problem, but the thing is, is, in his ignorance, he, doesn't, he didn't realize that every time you put a board, the, the last board on, on top, uh, it adds about an eighth of an inch. You have to measure each one separately. You can't use a remnant, a, a cut-off piece, and, and measure it because it always adds about a, an, eighth, a, an eighth of an inch. And so at the end of these hundred boards, some of these boards were seven foot long. <laughs> you know, that was ridiculous. And the moral of the story is, you know, sometimes we do ministry the same way. You know, when we gauge our lives and our service in, in the world by how did the last generation do it, oftentimes we come up with the same results. We're, we're, trying, we're trying to look like, we're trying to be like the, this past generation, not, not just people that are alive today, but I'm talking about the 19th, 18th, 17th century. We're trying to look like them, trying to be like them, trying to act like them. But what would happen if we actually took our standard, the tape measure, and we put it back on Jesus? What would it look like practically? You know what I think it would look like? I think every room that we walked into, cancer would have to flee. I think every single place that, the, any person that came up to you and said, can you pray for me? Healing would come instantly. Why? Because it's not, it's not, it has nothing to do with us. 
mean it has nothing to do with us. It's Jesus inside of us. And when Jesus goes inside of us, when he lives there, when his Holy Spirit is manifesting himself, we have, I mean, we, we, every son and every daughter has the right to activate themselves in these gifts because it, it points to Jesus. Every single one of them points to Jesus and it proves, it demonstrates the resurrection power of Jesus. We can talk about it. I mean, we value concepts. And I said that earlier, we value concepts and those are all good. But the reality is we have to begin to demonstrate is the things that we believe. And it'll, I, I have to re- go, keep coming back to it. You cannot demonstrate. You cannot share your faith. You cannot do this next thing we're going to talk about unless you're spending time with him, unless you know his voice, unless he's, he's telling you things to do and you're confident. The thing that I, that, that I knew, the Sarah story, that's a gift and it's called the word of knowledge. It's literally God downloading an idea in your mind. You're, it's not a guessing thing. It's just God downloads an idea and it, it comes to you and you're like, this is a supernatural word of knowledge because I had no concept of this. Never seen the kid before, but I was so confident that there's some tie to the name Sarah. And so I, and it, and I, I said, God said her, name, her mom's name is Sarah. And so that's why I didn't say, is your sister's name Sarah? I said, is your mom's name Sarah? He said, yeah. And so it's, it's God wanting to demonstrate, so, because that's, that was the only in I had with, Matt, with that kid. <clears throat> True love won't stay silent. So how do we break the silence? We have to share our story. Powerful, it's critical. The second thing we gotta do is we have to demonstrate what we believe. Third thing we have to do we have to perform good works. Isn't it interesting how, as believers, we, we kind of shy away from that concept of good works. Man, you can't do good works because if you do good works, you're going to try to earn salvation. Yes, if you're not intimate. If you're, if you're not intimate, basically everything you do, whether you share your faith, healing people, literally raising people from the dead, it's all just works, and those works will never save us because Jesus didn't come down from heaven because of our righteousness, but because of his great mercy for us. So it not, has nothing to do with our works. But as a son, when I'm spending time and I'm intimate with him, he makes me a representative, an ambassador for him. And when I go out, I'm demonstrating the power of God. Everywhere I go, everywhere I go, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How do you know who to pray for? Pray for everyone. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't limit it to, to logic and reason, it has to be this way or that way. Pray, just be led by the Spirit. It's, it's, not a, it's not a, we do this so we can, we can cross it off our list, make sure we're still growing. It's, I'm breaking the silence because I've experienced true love, and I want you to experience it too. True love won't remain silent. So our works, you know, last, like I said last week, we talked about intimacy. It all comes out of intimacy. We cannot do any work, period, period at all, um, and for it to be good in God's eyes unless it comes out of that intimate moment with Jesus. So let's turn to Matthew 25. Matthew 25. I'm just wrapping up here. Matthew 25. That's page 822. 31 through 40. This is what it says. And he will send out his angels with the mighty blast of a trumpet. They will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. 
Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you, when you see all these sayings, you can know his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like in the days of Noah. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying the banquets uh, and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them away. This is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. So, basically what I'm trying to say is that was completely the wrong passage. Okay. Oh man, that was horrendous. All right, let's, let's redo that. One, one chapter later, chapter 25. Why didn't anyone stop me? Okay. True love's not supposed to remain silent, guys. You guys not only saw the bus coming, you just, you know, tap. All right, 21, 25, 824, guys, stay with me. <laughs> yes, no, Matthew 25, 31 through 40. Oh my goodness, you guys, no one, no one stopped me. All right, 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, here we go, and he will sit upon his glorious throne, all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand. Those who believe in Jesus are the sheep, okay? Um, at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by the Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones, that's the believers, will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you some clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, Jesus, will say to us, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these of my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. It's powerful that we take care of the, the physical realm. We have, we have to understand, we, we have to clothe people. If they don't have clothes, give them clothes. If they're hungry, feed them. If they're in prison, visit them, yes. But, but on the spiritual side of it is, every single time, Jesus said, we learned last week when he fed the 5,000, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If, if, if we don't give Jesus to people, the ultimate food, the bread, do we really love them? We pass by so many people that, that, that are, are hungry, they're starving. They don't know they are. Some of them do. Some of them don't know they're starving. And we know they are, though. Every single one of us know they're starving. And we're carrying a big loaf of bread. We just walk by them. How can the love of Jesus be inside of us? How is that even possible? We have to break the silence by good works. And sometimes that's doing the practical things. You know, maybe that's, some of us, you know, we, uh, some of us, you know, help out at MOPS. Some of us help out at the Plus One Guidance Center. Some of us, uh, you know, you're, you're volunteering your time at a school. 
Some of you, uh, last, yesterday, some of you came in and helped clean. Those are all, those, every, every one of those things is breaking the silence when you, when you point it to Jesus. Every single one, of, because you know what Jesus would be doing if he was here on Saturdays? He'd be on the ground scrubbing the toilets. Every, every single Saturday he'd be here, he'd be pushing a vacuum. He, he'd be downtown um, serving soup. That's what Jesus would be doing because he was a servant. And everything that he did, every good work that he did, people saw it and it was like, wow. I, see, the thing is, is we have settled for people. We have settled for this mentality. I hope someone sees something different about me and asks me about Jesus. Now, that's good and, and that's a great place to start, but here's the thing. It's not working. <laughs> it's not People don't look at you and they're not like, wow, you are the best thing on the planet. I know it's all about Jesus in you. You know, so, I mean, or me. The thing is, we have, we, have to, we have to make it, Jesus is the center and it all revolves around him. And everywhere we go, people are like, oh, here comes Jesus, whether it's good or bad. Everywhere we go, never compromise, Jesus. Jesus is walking in the building because we're sons and daughters. We're brothers and sisters of Jesus. Jesus says, whoever Whoever, uh, the brother, sister, or mother, if, if you're a brother, sister, or mother, you're, you're doing the will of the Father. Will of the Father, make Jesus known. Make him famous in Huron. Everywhere you go, everything you do, being faithful in your, in your workplace, getting your assignments turned in on time, respecting teachers, respecting your authority figures, good works, it's breaking the silence for Jesus. Everywhere you go, never compromise. Make it about him. Make it all about Jesus. We have experienced true love. If you, if you put your faith in Christ and it's all about him now, you, you have experienced true love. Might not feel like it, but Jesus is, is true. And he is, he's, he's coming back for a bride spotless. And a bride that's after uh, his other children that are far off yet. So, in closing, I'm going to get some music turned on, just some soft music. Just to kind of just reflection on what I'm talking about. You know, it's kind of hard to share your testimony if God hasn't done anything in there. If God hasn't set you free of something. And so I want to, oh, if you just close your eyes, if there's someone in here that doesn't, doesn't have an active relationship with Christ, that there is, there is no redemption there yet, I just want you to lift up your hand. Uh, not, not for me, it's just out of faith to the Father who sees all. If you have never experienced a relationship, an active relationship with Jesus Christ, his heart is that none perish, and his heart is that all find Jesus, all come to know him. You might be in the church for 50 years and realizing, man, I'm intimate with God, but there's no action behind my intimacy. You cannot believe unless you obey what he says. Jesus says, all who love me will obey me anyone at all I want to encourage those same people you know the, the people that have really do have a story your story is not too lame and it's not too crazy to share he has made a, a masterpiece out of ashes and he wants he, he wants himself Jesus to be made famous 
in, in those ashes and in, that, in the story, in, in the great price he paid. I want to encourage you, break the silence. Make it about him. Your story is not about you. It's not about covering up that past. It's about making Jesus famous, relating to those who need, need that word of encouragement. Maybe you're curious about the supernatural. I'm just going to say pursue it. Go after it. Desire the, the gifts of the Spirit. I wish I, I could get more into that. I, I wish I had more time to, to describe that. But, but start in Acts. Pursue it. Go after it. Demonstrate. If Stan didn't raise his hand today, my faith would have not have wavered because I'm just demonstrating faith. Faith, not necessarily having all the logical answers in row. It's simply, I think that this is what, this out of nowhere is in my heart, God, I'm gonna lift this up. It's just demonstrating faith. Peter got out of the boat, man. He was not very confident he was gonna stand on water. <laughs> it wasn't until he put his foot down that he realized, I'm standing on the water. Demonstrate it. Demonstrate it until, and pursue it. That's the key, pursue it until you can demonstrate Jesus the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And finally, for those of us who are doing good works, a lot of us are doing good works, and good works are so good, continue to do them. Break the silence. Make Jesus famous. But I have to, I have to go back one more time. Do not continue doing those good works in hope of salvation, in hope of a, a deeper revelation of God, unless you're going to the Father because He desires to make Himself known. He desires to make Himself known to you, to use you as a representative of Him. He is all about you. He is all about you, and He proves His love in this, demonstrates it. While we were still sinners, He died for us. Jesus, have your way, Lord, as we just think about this message, God. I pray, Lord, that we are not so quick to run out back into silence. Help us to break the silence, God, of the, of the, the great enemy of the church today. And Lord, make you known, make you famous. And I'm so thankful, God, that you've loved us. Please empower us, God. Dump out your grace on us, God, because in and of ourselves, God, we, we don't want to do good. Jesus in us makes our works good. So have your way. Have your way today, God. Today is all we have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go. If you do go, please just take the conversation to the foyer. We want to respect those who want to just kind of reflect and pray and talk to God about breaking the silence. True love won't stay silent. <laughs>